This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. Welcome everybody to episode number one. I hope... uh, somebody's listening to this. I have to listen to it because I'm editing the damn thing. We should have started it with, if you found this audio, there are three important things you need to do next. Yeah, this... 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 Just leave two this MP3 will self-destruct in one minute. <laughs> if you're listening to this, we're already dead. Yeah, we can exactly. lead you to millions. Exactly. Okay. Continue to listen to our podcast and find the answers. So, just to let everybody know, we're just a couple of friends that had nothing to do, and we just <laughs> get together and talk and shoot the shit and about whatever comes up, whatever we're watching, whatever we're seeing. Interesting stuff, news stories, how many people showed up for Halloween, all that stuff. So Yeah. It's also, I would say, you know, we're Gen Xers. We come from a, so, so that's our kind of POV. Yeah, exactly. We're old guys, so... <laughs> Yeah, this is so, going to... There's no video because nobody wants to see our faces. And uh, mm. we don't want to show anybody our faces. <laughs> because we're hiding of embarrassment, you see. <laughs> uh, although we do need to get cartoon characters of ourselves. So uh, yeah. that, that'll be coming soon, I think. I have to fuck, track down a good artist. Yeah, I know a good one. You know, he all right. he makes my cartoon on uh, all my social media. But okay. I need to get him to make one with the eye patch. So, uh, uh, so we tried to do a podcast last week and failed miserably. But yes. we kind of figured out what we're gonna do. So, uh, kinda. Oh. How was your <laughs> Halloween? It's perfect. I mean, I give away comics every year, so it's a big deal to like go to uh, my local comic shop, or one of them is Zeus Comics, and they have like a quarter sale. Yeah. So I just buy stacks of stuff I think kids would like, and oh, then just give it out. That's you know, because great. They go, yeah, they go, they go for candy at every place but uh here is something different and most of them walk away like already looking at the comics so um beats the hell out of candy uh this year i gave away razor blades like usual (laughs) (laughs) got a lot of trick-or-treaters then uh i had uh, uh somebody ring the doorbell and by the time i got to the door they were gone I could hear them down the street, but they weren't patient enough to get candy. So, uh, all, all more for me, I guess, you know. Now I have, yeah. a, I have a fridge full of candy, so I, I'm not complaining. That sounds I, like a win. Yeah, I was ready, but uh, nothing happened. 
but that night, I did get to see the original Night of the Living Dead, so uh, I, it was just fine for me, you know? Uh, yeah, we... We do we do movie marathons. We watch Shudder, and we'll watch uh, Joe Bob Briggs do his usual Halloween. Uh, I think he called it a Halloween hoot nanny this year. Oh, cool! Sure. Uh, but, yeah. but it's also my wedding anniversary. So yeah, Shelby and I have been married for three years. We got married on Halloween, and uh, we always watch Halloween three. Well, I mean, we watch all the Halloweens, we, yeah. but we focus on the first three, and yeah. we love the third one. And it's one of when we. We love to tell people that that's how we met, that she was, or actually we used the origin of The Fog, yeah, where uh-huh. Jamie Lee Curtis, a 20-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis is picked up by a 45-year-old Tom Atkins, and they kind of hook up, and so... Not that's bad. What we te- <laughs> Not bad for, for an old man. And so we tell people that's how we met, that she was hitchhiking, and I picked her up. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, uh... Uh, kids, be sure to be sure to take candy from strangers and hitchhike at every opportunity because it's safe now, you know. Yeah, the Gen Zers don't understand hitchhiking, you know. It was like it was Uber without a, a computer, yeah, exactly. You, here's the thumb you used to get an Uber back in the day, you know. You just <laughs> stuck it out. It, it worked better if you had legs, though. You know, yeah. if you had sexy legs, you could get a hitchhiker much faster. Uh, I, I remember hitchhiking a lot when I was a kid. and uh, Really? Yeah, when... Uh, uh, I used to go visit my uh, cousins and aunt and uncle. They lived in Laguna Beach. Uh, and uh, uh, we would hitchhike back up the hill uh, to go home, you know. We'd just sit there and someone would pick you up and drive you up the hill. So, And when I was a kid, that was just when Dart was coming around here, so you could catch a bus. Oh, okay. So, like, before I could drive, you could catch a Dart bus all the way out in Rowlett. Oh. So I could take it to the comic book shop in Garland. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So then that was more of, like, this is is what public transportation's like. But it was a suburb, so it was pretty boring. Yeah. Never, ever anything like you see on YouTube. Uh, when oh, I God. was a little kid, we lived up in the hills in Echo Park in Los Angeles. And uh, uh, when I was a little kid, I would, uh, the mailman would take me up the hill. I would hop in the back of his uh, mail truck and he would uh, take me up to the house. So that was always a good ride. I would cool. I would go to the store, walk to the store, and then afterwards I would time it so the mail guy would be there, you know, and it would get a ride back home. But my parents moved because it was the gangs were getting really bad there, you know. So we moved to the Texas yeah. uh, because my grandfather was in ill health so we wanted to be near him you know so so that was that that was always fun you you 
you can't hitchhike anymore. It, it just didn't happen, you know. I've seen a few, but yeah, every now and then you out in the country you see that kind of stuff, you know. But yeah, well, I'm on the much. edge though. Like, like past, pat like I live like close to eighty, so past forty is country, and that's yeah. just the next city next to me. So I've seen them pretty close around here. Well, that's cool. Yeah, there are finally buses out here, so. Uh, you know, a lot of people just take the bus. I've seen that going on. Uh, so, this October, I watch. It was 31 Days of Horror. So, I, I watched 61 horror flicks in, a, in a month. <laughs> That's great, though. The, uh, the Exorcist, uh, Halloween... I just watched Friday the 13th. I had forgot that the first movie, there you don't know Jason, you know? Right. Uh, we did too. Uh, uh, Shelby uh, started the series. We got all the way through four. Yeah. Yeah, I had completely forgotten that he doesn't show up till two, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, because I kept waiting, where the hell, where the hell is he, you know? <laughs> and he doesn't even get the mask until three. Yeah, exactly. He you wears know? a bag in the second one. So, exactly. So the iconic mask comes in on the third one, changes. Th- then you get into the fourth one, which is the Corey Feldman one, which oh, is really boy. weird, too. <laughs> yeah. it, goes, it goes full Feldman. Yeah, and, uh, th- then he goes to Manhattan. What What the hell? And then he goes to space? Yeah, Jason <laughs> X goes to space. Uh, that, know, man. I'd... That's where it lost me. <laughs> I, I mean, go to space, next time he'll be fighting against uh, uh, superheroes or something. Well, that's what, you know, they did the uh, crossovers. Yeah, Freddy and and Jason, you know. Yeah, so you're going to, if they could do a Freddy, Jason, Mike Myers, I mean, a full, like a full horror universe. Leatherface. Leatherface. All the good ones. Even uh, Chrome Skull. uh, I had heard about. Chrome Skull, and I watched him during my 31 Days of Horror. What a terrible movie. Chrome Skull. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think it was, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but the second one was Chrome Skull. I think the first one was something other name. But, God, just, just terrible. I blood everywhere, but just, just bad. Yeah, I think I was at Texas Fret Bear Weekend watching a panel on Chrome Skull 2. They were promoting that. Jesus. And I was like, wait a minute, what's Chrome Skull? And I, and I went and watched it. I was like, they, and then these people purposely did a sequel. To it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I couldn't believe it. But uh, the, the mask looks cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if, it looks like that Jason space mask. Yeah, a cool mask, but terrible movies. So yeah, 
but I watched a bunch of stuff from the 60s and uh, The Innocents. I watched a bunch of movies from the 30s. All the universal horror and stuff, which uh, yeah. to me is just, uh, I, I watched a lot of that as a kid, you know. So uh, it was good to get back uh, uh, to the, you know, I wasn't yeah. around, but they used to play all those horror movies uh, on TV. So, yeah. Uh, they, you know, even like uh, Elvira would, uh, it would have like the Wolfman and stuff like that. Yeah, she she had a 40th anniversary on Shutter. Yeah, uh, I heard about a, it. I heard all about that. Uh, also, uh, I watched a bunch of horror movies uh, like that had been on uh, Up All Night. You know, not oh, flat. Back, yeah. So uh, I watched Nightbreed, and I watched uh, what was that uh, film uh, with the vam- naked vampire lady? Life Force. <laughs> Life Force. Oh yeah, that's uh, what a piece of crap. <laughs> Alien <laughs> vampires uh, in. Uh, London. I mean, holy shit, that was a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and I even uh, watched uh, uh, Night of the Comet. That was fun. I, I love that movie. I love it too. Our movie stack. I, yeah. I am big fan of uh, uh, the post-apocalypse for Gen X when they just run around shooting newsies and shopping at the mall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, shopping in the mall, uh, uh, sneaking in to play arcade games and all that crazy stuff. I follow uh, Kelly Maroney on Twitter, and uh, I know she was trying to do a little fundraiser. She's trying to buy back the uh, uh, suit or the uh, cheerleading suit that she wore in Night of the Comet, and uh, and that character itself. Joss Whedon has said that that image of that cheerleader shooting an Uzi was an inspiration for Buffy. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I always really enjoyed that movie. I forget what other movie she was in. Maybe Valley Girl or something? Uh, she, uh... She is one of the cheerleaders in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that's right. One of the twins, right? Yeah, she's like, it's a real bummer up here, you know, <laughs> when she's talking to everyone. Yeah, that's her. Nobody talk- nobody has any team spirit. <laughs> but she's in one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Chopping Mall. Oh, I haven't, I haven't had a chance. It's on my list. I'm sure next year uh, I'll get it. I, oh, it's so good. In Letterbox, I have a huge watch list. And you can uh, uh, sort it by horror. So I sort it by horror and then sort it by streaming services that I have. And it pulls up just a huge list of stuff that 
uh, are free to me for me to watch. So it's the best way to do it. You can wow. only do that if you have a pro account. So, okay, I was wondering. Yeah, if you buy, uh, like, get a full year, it's cheaper. It's like twelve bucks or fourteen dollars a year. And then yeah. you can uh, sort by anything you want and uh, get a list of everything based on your uh, channels that are free or that you have. You know, it's a really cool way to do it. I watched yeah. a bunch of Italian horror films, too. That was a lot of fun. Argento stuff? Yeah, a bunch of Argento stuff, you know. Uh, Suspiria and stuff like that. That's one I've never seen. Oh, you! It, it's worth watching. Uh, he made another one that has a young Jennifer Connelly in it. Uh, Argento. Oh, shit. Yes, with I know this with one. Jennifer Connelly. But uh, I I can't remember the name, but I really enjoyed that one, too. Yeah, but, I think I remember seeing that, and I can't see the name. I hate that I can't see the name of it. Uh, but uh, uh, I really, really... Uh, the first movie, horror movie, I had to watch was The Exorcist. Because <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah. Of all horror movies, that The Exorcist scarred me as a five-year-old, you know. Yeah. Uh, as it should, it should scar. It should scar anyone. I mean, it's pretty. Like at the time, I don't think. What was the most intense film you think? Oh, uh, before The Exorcist. Before that, probably The Blob or Psycho or something like that, or The Tingler, maybe, yeah. where, where they had uh, uh, taken uh, little engines and put it in the seat and would shock people when they watched <laughs> the movie. I've always wanted to go see The Tingler in a theater where they had put shock... Uh, uh, things in it where they could just turn it up, but I'm sure these yeah. days people would sue. They would uh, say, "Oh, oh, you uh, screwed up my pacemaker or something like that." Yeah, I don't think you could get away with much of anything like that anymore. They have those extreme haunted houses you can go to where you have to like sign a waiver. I think uh, that's the parallel. You, you could either go ex fully extreme. Or light, that's it. My guess is they do that to not really cover their butt, but just to make people think that it's really scary. I remember one time I went to an MDA. They had a, a MDA haunted house. And uh, uh, this... Uh, a wolf man scratched me in the face and uh, drew, really? yeah, drew blood, and, <laughs> and like went out like at this, and I would have sued, you know, because I yeah. was very litigious as a child. <laughs> <laughs> One time I was shot in the mouth with a BB gun. 
and uh, I uh, uh, did all did everything with State Farm by myself, but I had a friend who was a retired federal court judge helping me, and I did all the uh, paperwork and would uh, you know the the uh, had the lawsuit and. He had a friend file it for him and everything, but I had wanted to be a lawyer, you know, so I had uh, was doing that until I kind of figured out how sleazy being a lawyer was. I should have gone ahead and done it because I could have uh, done it for nonprofit organizations or something like that, you know. Yeah, help help some people out. But uh, at the time, I didn't uh, think about that, you know. But you yeah, don't think the world's bad enough that it needs it needs that much help. There were at the time there were two hundred thousand lawyers a year in the U.S. and I just thought, eh. I was afraid that I wouldn't make enough money and would have to become an ambulance chaser, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I just kind of passed on that. Um, yeah, I don't think that's ever appealed to me other than just the knowledge. Exactly. I just have the knowledge so I could argue with some of these. Yeah, but uh, I was... Everyone always said I was such a good arguer that uh, I could probably do okay, you know. <laughs> but uh, these days, uh, maybe 1% go to court, you know. It all, settle out. it all gets settled or, or now these corporations have it set up to where it all goes to arbitration it's just crazy yeah yeah i mean how many class action suits have ended up at i mean it's what the way i see it is during generation x uh they figured out how to create massive fraud or problems that would end up in lawsuits that would end up in the hands of attorneys who would then settle everything so that most of us get a check for like a dollar sixty two for whatever problem we had to deal with or uh, I, j I just got a check the other day by PayPal for like five dollars and sixty cents from Google Plus. Uh, Google Plus uh, lost a uh, class action suit because they had let a bunch of uh, data escape, you know, so. Oh, I didn't get anything from that. Yeah, you had to uh, fill up. Wow. It wasn't worth filling out all the forms, you know what I mean? Oh, for the five bucks. Yeah, <laughs> just crazy amount of work, you know. But they, like, I think, I think last year I got a settlement from the countrywide, and this was a, this was a thing I, I believe that happened in the ninety uh, early two thousands because I had refi I had financed my house with countrywide at the time and then like they had went bankrupt and all these problems and i don't know how much i lost on it but i got a 90 dollar check so i was like 
Hey, not, yeah, not and, bad. Yeah. That'll pay for a cab ride to, to a restaurant, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so, have you been watching anything else these days? Yeah, I actually, the last couple of days, we got into a couple of art movies, and uh, it's real interesting, because have you seen that documentary on Bob Ross that's on Netflix? Uh, no, I've heard about it, it where the kind of got scammed for the money or something like that. Yeah, it's done pretty well. It's told, it, it is one-sided. I will say that it is completely one-sided in the sense that the person telling the story is telling it from Bob Ross's son and what he lost. Huh. In in his father passing away, and it just talked about Bob Ross's life, the people he did business with, um, and it's weird because the guy he did business with is ex CIA. Oh boy! <laughs> and so they created BRI, which is Bob Ross Incorporator or, or whatever, and they would you know sell paints and brushes and shit. And uh, basically hijacked his name and license and everything they could so that the son never got anything his dad left him. And his son was part of those shows. His son was a teacher. His son yeah, was... Yeah, I know, remember. A painter. Yes, But they go, into, they go into so much detail. So when you see all that Bob Ross shit that's out there, don't buy it. Because it goes straight to these people and this guy gets nothing. Okay. Uh, but his uh, his son uh, still teaches, though. Uh, there's a couple of guys who were like, you could tell they were friends of Bob. And they're still out there teaching uh, the Bob Ross way. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there are no accidents. And puffy just clouds. Puffy clouds. It, you know, he is one... He's one of the four horsemen of kindness, I believe. Happy he, trees. He was, <laughs> he was always a positive dude, and he was probably ASMR before ASMR was on Twitch. Hey, you can, uh, there's the Bob Ross channel on Twitch. There's a one on Pluto. 24 hours a day, you can watch, have them in the background. And yeah. uh, it's a good way to relax, you know? It's just peaceful listening to him describe his work. And uh, it's when you get to the end, it's, it's sad for his family. Uh, it's interesting that the, there are not many people who can even identify a Bob Ross painting to this day other than one woman he did business with. Uh, but wow, it was like so much greed, so much, I don't know, just people are terrible. <laughs> you just got to get to that because Bob was such a nice guy and uh, hearing his story was probably the best part of the film. People are terrible. We should name the podcast "People Are Terrible." <laughs> I know everything is terrible, but that's already taken. Yeah. Uh, and then the other movie I watched was uh, this movie about Stanis, this Polish artist, 
let me I might have to look up the name because I'm gonna say it wrong. The Life and Lost Art of Stanislav Szkuslaski. Oh, easy. Uh, exactly. And he was a Polish sculptor that lost a lot of his work in the war. Mm-hmm. And he was discovered in California by a guy who, in the 70s, who was just kind of caught up in this design he did. I think he, I think it's a Prometheus. It's his, And so he kind of was like, hey, this, this artwork, where did it come from? They're like, oh, there's this guy who, like, lives five minutes away. And he said... I had discovered this guy's art in this place. He lived five minutes from my house. So they just start interviewing him uh, and kind of build up this library. You start to learn about his life. You learn about his, you know, where he came from, uh, coming up in Poland, uh, his, his sculptor work, how he taught himself his own alphabet. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he uses it to write and he writes that way. Um but then halfway, there's a big twist in the film, and um, I don't know. Do you want to get into it? Sure. All right. Uh, he was he was kind of a nationalist before uh, in Poland before he came over to America, and so you get to see him. You know, he there was he was publishing this magazine that was you know pro-poland uh it had some anti-semitism it was very like you know stay in your lane ethnic wise kind of stuff but then you're seeing an interview with this old guy who is like you know he's shitting on hitler and all the things that happened and it's just like completely different guy so you you take the artist and you take who he was and who he became and try to process his art in the sense of like um i don't know i don't know you know did he learn something is he a better person or was he a chicken shit who just at the time was just you know going along with what was happening in that area because poland was becoming very nationalistic Mm -hmm. or um you say he grew he learned he he saw a lot of his statues and artwork destroyed in Poland. So, I mean, he, he suffered for a lot of his views moved to America. He has like just few things, uh, that he was able to keep and, um, really interesting documentary. I mean, I really recommend it cause I'm not even going over half his life. It was, it was the question of his hatred and his early, like, uh, I don't know. He was he was like twenty something. He was he was a punk ass kid doing being a bitch. <laughs> so I that's like saying I guess if we had like most punk ass kids, <laughs> yeah, like if these kids uh, who seem to think that this nationalism is the way to go suddenly turned out incredible art and changed their way of life, you know, over the span of seventy years. Yeah, well, uh, that uh, usually happens, you know, people mellow out a bit, you know. Yeah, that Uh, guy just seemed to, I I mean, the older version, it was really interesting because he was never open about any of that stuff. So he had people, when they found out, some that just didn't want to deal with him anymore and some that were like, 
you know, well, maybe he grew from it, you know. So they all had different opinions, but it's like, what do you find out if this friend of yours that's been hanging out used to be a member of the clan or something? Yeah, uh, tell me about it. I uh, 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 stopped going to uh, family reunions in East Texas because <laughs> because of that reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, They'd that's be my... like, hey, do you want to come to this meeting tonight? I'm like, oh, what meeting? Oh, you know, uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, this or that, I said. Uh-huh. Brotherhood is always a good keyword. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, separatism. Oh, well, I. <laughs> you know, it's just for guys like us when they do that. It's yeah, for, you, know, you know, like guys like. <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> It's like, well, I think I'm going to try separatists from that side of the family, you know? Yeah, it'll work out really good for you. I've I've uh, <laughs> been riding that fence for a while. It's even weird, too, because, like, my grandmother on my dad's side is, like, the nicest person. And, I mean, she would, she would apologize for anyone. And she's right. just... She's just so nice and so sweet. And so uh, a couple years ago, she was in the hospital and and I just I interviewed her about like growing up and everything. And this is how racist our family was. Her grandmother was like 100 percent Native American. Right. And, and she told me that. But like in secret. Oh, <laughs> like, like, oh, was she a soft talker about that kind of stuff? She, she's like, well, you know, and I forget what, how she referred to her grandmother, but she goes, you know, she was an Indian, but none of the family talks about that. They don't like to talk about that. Uh, my my grandmother uh, told us in private, uh, they never talked about it either because it was supposed to be bad, you know. Uh, but they didn't talk about it until the the Native Americans started getting bingo money. And then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, everybody has uh, Native American roots and are trying to find out how what percentage they have when greed is involved. All of a sudden, they don't mind being a part uh, a Native American. Yeah. Just crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that, but that was <laughs> that was a very interesting family moment to find out you're uh, you got a little bit of Native American in you, and it's not that far back. Yeah, yeah. I remember growing up, we would have the whisper talkers. When the family get together, they everyone would be talking normal, and all of a sudden they'd be, a, you know, he was a little light on his loafers, and you're like, what <laughs> the hell is going on, you know? But oh. then, like, you know, I mean, has your has your family ever give you given you racial warnings? Oh, my, like my, uh, my father would warn me about, 
family members, that kind of thing? No, no. My, my, my mom actually said, never bring home a black girl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, that never happened to me. I mean, oh, wow. yeah. My mother, my mother didn't have a racial bone in her body, and my father uh, completely shunned his side of the family for having that, uh, you know. So, I was. We had every, uh, all kinds of. My mother's from Europe, and she grew up with. No, didn't care about anything. We had uh, uh, my father's and my mother's uh, business was a hair replacement. And over half of the customers were gay men. So Mm -hmm. we always had uh, 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 at the parties half of half of the people of the parties were gay men. And we also had Catholic priests at the party. You know, just every Jews and uh, black people and uh, Indians, Hindus. Yeah, just out in the country. So I just, there was very little... Diversity. Uh, my pa- my parents' best friends and my my for all my friends growing up in Los Angeles were were Mexican. You know, I would sleep over at their house. They would stay at my house. Uh, and uh, uh, when I moved to Texas, the first time I had ever heard any racism was at school when I moved to Texas. People were like, all of a sudden racist. So I was like, huh, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like uh, I was an atheist uh, in, uh, you know, uh, south of Duncanville, that area. Yeah. In the 80s, you know, and that was not what she wanted to be. Um, so uh, uh, their fa- family wouldn't let me play with the uh, all the Christian kids. Well, that's so, what, you know, because that's what Christianity is about is acceptance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would hang out with all the Jewish kids. Hey, the Jewish kids, the Mexican kids, because the Mexicans wouldn't care, you know, if, you you know, you weren't religious or anything. And the Jews didn't give a crap, you know. So you're just another guy, man. Yeah, so I'd hang out with the Jewish kids and the Mexican kids and the black kids because they would, they were all accepting of everybody, you know. But, uh... Usually, the white kids, their parents would be like, the first question, oh, what church do you go to? I'm like, where are you talking, yeah. where are you talking about? Yeah, I, don't they, they, I, I remember that a lot. You go to go to someone's house. Yeah, church you yeah and the next thing, uh, oh, uh, you can't, uh, I can't hang out with you anymore. I'm like, where are you? <laughs> what's <laughs> going tra- on? 
It's the Church of the Subgenius. Should oh, have said yeah. that. Yeah. It hadn't been created yet, but... <laughs> uh, uh, all hell, Bob. All hell, Bob. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, do you have anything to plug? You have your show. Uh, did you yeah. do that earlier today? We did a full two hours with the almost the whole gang. It was all four of us, me, Josh, Daniel, and Kyle, talking comics on Next Issue Podcast. Cool. Uh, we talk comics, pop culture, uh, really kind of anything, but we always try to bring the stuff we love, so we'll always bring recommendations of guaranteed things you'll like. Cool. So where can they find Next Issue Podcast? On any on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all the yeah, just search Podbean. Just search for Next Issue Podcast, or go to nextissuepodcast.com. There you go. There you go. Okay, so that was a fun episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we got that all taken care of. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and stop recording. Yeah.